Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Pure Tokyo Scope podcast. I am Patrick Macias, the editor-in-chief of Otaku USA magazine. And I'm Matt Alt, the author of Pure Invention, How Japan Made the Modern World. We have kind of sad news today, don't we, Patrick? It's one of those sad episodes, and uh, it's because we've lost yet another anime manga legend in Japan, Matt, for whom the bell tolls this time. Buichi Terasawa passed away yesterday. September 11th, 2020. Oh, September 11th? Is that what it is? Never forget, Matt. Too soon, Patrick. Too soon. But uh, this is a big loss for the manga world. Uh, Terasawa is the creator of many, many classic manga that were turned into anime series. Perhaps most famous, Space Cobra. But also, what else? There's Goku Midnight Eye, another big one, and many, many, many other manga as well. And he passed away at the all too young age, very, very young age of 68. Uh, he had suffered from a, a brain tumor in the late 1990s, and uh, apparently it recurred or, you know, it just kind of gradually took him. And unfortunately, uh, he passed this week. So big surprise, big loss to everybody. What are your memories of Buichi Terasawa? Oh, man. Uh, I must have encountered Tarasawa's work back around like the early 90s. Uh, two things happened with Cobra in the 90s. The series had begun in the 80s in Japan, but it took a while for it to kind of sail to the West. One was in the form of the manga, Viz of San Francisco, Viz Communications, now Viz Media, was localizing Cobra. They had gotten Swamp Thing DC comic creator Marv Wolfman to rewrite Tarasawa's manga, and they were reissuing them for like, you know, 20 pages for like four bucks or however much it was. And that's really where I saw Cobra manga, but also I saw Cobra on my MTV, bro. That's right. Big crossover moment. Matthew Sweet's Girlfriend video, right? That was 1991 when Matthew Sweet came out with that album, Girlfriend, the eponymous album. And at that time, anime was like so underground, it wasn't even a subculture. Like you weren't an anime nerd because nobody even knew what anime was to call you one. So for kind of proto-anime nerds like us who were into this before it was cool, it was kind of a shock for me to see anime, like actual anime, a character who I recognized on MTV. Even if it wasn't yeah, like the probably show. literally after the video for like Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana, suddenly there's like Space Adventure Cobra. And also there was the video for I'll Be Waiting, which had Lum from Ursa Yatsura. In right, it. right. He famously, Matthew Sweet famously had a Lum tattoo, I think too. I remember him like showing them off. And I, I don't think like, you know, Rolling Stone or anybody knew what to do with this. Now you'd be like, oh man, what a weeb, you know, or whatever. But back then it was just 
kind of like, he's into these illustrations from a country called Japan. How, how unique and interesting. Like they didn't really know how to categorize it. Yeah. Now I think everyone has like their manager says, hey, go on the internet and say you like this anime manga thing. You'll get a lot of clout. <laughs> exactly. Be an influencer, man. So Terasawa is an interesting uh, guy. He came of age as, a, as an artist in the 70s and he actually studied under Osamu Tezuka, who we know from Astro Boy, you know, Kimba, the White Lion and all of that. So he studied with the kind of god of manga, so to speak. And he made his debut with this manga series called Sigma 45, which has never been translated as far as I know. And it looks to my eyes, I've only skimmed through it. It looks to my eyes like it's very Matsumoto-esque, far future, space opera-y. The ships and stuff and the setting feels very Matsumoto-esque, but the characters are already at that point kind of classic Terasawa. And how would you describe them? They're like- You mean the men or the women? Yes. <laughs> when I think of Terasawa, I think of like someone who's watched the movie Barbarella a lot. Like a yes. lot. Yes. Uh, unabashed power fantasy. Space Adventure Cobra to me is like the defining Terasawa work. And it's really like this amalgamation of like James Bond, Golgo 13, Han Solo. Yes. It's like how many stories can you tell in the cantina sequence alone in Star <laughs> yes. Wars? So Cobra's always like smoking a stogie. He has uh, the psycho gun. His right arm is like a laser gun. His entire crew on his ship, the turtle, consists of a buxom robot named Lady and kind of a female space pirate named Jane after Jane Fonda. And isn't his his arch enemy, at least in the OVA, is uh, Crystal Bowie. Uh, like this, I've seen this... that localized as Crystal Boy. I'm not yeah, really sure. I don't know. Is it? I've heard like some Japanese friend of mine's like, no, it's Bowie, like David Bowie. And I was like, okay. So David Bowie ripped off his stage name from the bad guy in Space Adventure Cobra. Huh, I, I love like translucent toys. So like they recently, like recently in the last like 20 years, I'm showing my age, made an action figure of that that's all translucent. That's really cool. But you know, it's a Cobra to me, you know, I remember I actually never saw the anime or, or really read the manga. What I what I had was a friend of mine had a PC engine and he had the like the CD-ROM Space Adventure Cobra game, which is like a visual novel. So it's like basically still frames of the anime telling the story. And man, I really recommend checking it out. It has this incredible fractured English like Star Wars title crawl. And then it, like you said, it opens up in a cantina, a cantina full of aliens where he goes in and like blows everybody away. He shows up at the bar, you know, he's smoking a stogie. He asks for a glass of milk, which causes like, you know, it's it's kind of like Pee Wee Herman <laughs> causes the whole bar to go silent and then violence ensues. Because Space Cobra seemed to me kind of like a little bit like Crusher Joe, but more like in the loop in the third vein? Would you say that? I think it definitely comes out of there. Again, we're dealing with like crazy male power fantasies. There's like yes. nothing in there for female readers like at all. And the thing that kind of blew my mind about Cobra is that it was a huge hit for Shonen Jump magazine. That's where it was serialized. Eventually, Cobra sold something like 50 million copies worldwide. It's like huge in France, huge in Spain and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's giant in France to the point where like Luc Besson kind of called on him when he came to Japan for the Fifth Element PR campaign, according to Wikipedia, which of course is always true. So I think Space Adventure Cobra kind of did a lot to kind of set this precedent for like these million selling global Shonen Jump hits like that we still see today, right. things like Demon Slayer or One Piece, for example. But we never did get the awesome live action Space Adventure Cobra movie we so richly deserve, Matt. Was there one in the works? I know a guy who was going around trying to get the rights and always thought it had uh, a lot of potential, but it, it never came together. But it's not too late now. I'm 
now with this like post One Piece Netflix in love with Shonen Jump thing, who knows? Maybe it's time for a you know a middle aged Mexican American guy with a spicy, fiery temper to be the new Cobra. I don't know. It's all about cut off your arm. Show how show how serious you are by sawing off your arm and replacing it with a laser cannon. I always kind of associate Buichi Tarasawa, you know, rightly or wrongly, fairly or not, with Hajime Soriyama, who was the the kind of like chrome naked robot girl pinup artist du jour of the 80s, right? Sexy robots. Yeah. I mean, that stuff was like in heavy metal magazine. When I was a kid growing up, I associated that stuff with like more like maturity, it, but it was like my adolescent idea of what maturity was. You know what I mean? There's very, it very much has this sort of, there's a saying in Japanese, chu nibyo, which means kind of like, uh, you know, sophomore and junior high syndrome. And it means people who are kind of stuck in that adolescent worldview. And I, I, I don't mean this as a diss. I mean it with love, like Hajime Soriyama, Buchi Terasawa, like you say, those power fantasies. It's not necessarily sexist, but it's very much in the male gaze, you know, sort of viewpoint. Um, very to me, like junior high adolescent kind of power fantasy. Um, I love it for I what it is. I feel seen, Matt. I know. I'm talking about you, Patrick. I'm talking about you. But you, know, you don't see protagonists. You don't see like grown up protagonists in shonen manga anymore. They're they're always like teenagers, and they're often in kind of school settings. Whether it's something like you know Jujutsu Kaisen, or you know even to a certain extent, you know Demon Slayer. They're kids. I think if they did it now, it would be called School Adventure Cobra. He would be like a wimp, and like there'd be these like students in his class. All the girls would like take turns beating him up, but he has to like fight like some demons like next door or something like that. Well, I think it kind of illustrates the id of the country like Shonen Jump does because, you know, now like all of the Shonen Jump hits follow the same formula where you're like a young guy who is a loser or a kind of an outsider and then discovers some secret power and then like by confronting their bullies turns them into friends and you have this big group of friends and you confront a bigger evil. It's like every Shonen Jump manga seems to follow this pattern right now, whereas back in the 80s, it was all kind of like Terasawa, like these male power fan. I'm going to be this space swashbuckling space pirate, you know? I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to have buxom robot chicks on each arm and, you know, conquer the universe. Well, do you remember the origin story of Cobra? Do you know what happens in the very first chapter of the manga and the anime? Do tell, Patrick. Okay, he's this like goofy, wimpy guy and he goes to this place. It's not called Recall, but they can remember it for you wholesale, okay? He dreams that he's a space pirate named Cobra who travels around the universe blowing people up with his psycho gun. And it turns out those aren't implanted memories, Matt. That's who he really is. Yes, right. And then okay. he wants to go to Mars. You can see that. You can see the roots of the entire isekai like phenomenon, you know, where you're kind of the real world sucks, man. But if you know, if, if you could just die and come back to life, you'd be master of everything. But they never go back and play around with that idea that actually he's a wimpy guy who like dreamed he was a powerful space pirate. He just becomes the powerful space pirate for like, you know, the next 40, 50 years or however long it's been. Yeah. And they never actually even look back at all. Cause you know, it was, it's just kind of like the setup, you know, and then they want to get into blowing things up. You know, it's like, what's Lupin the third's, you know, origin story. Who cares? You just want to see him like knocking over to the bank. Well, they're doing it now. They're doing Lupin the zero. I mean, is this like Muppet babies? Is this like Muppet? Ba is like Lupin going to be in a diaper, like, you know, stealing stuff out of the, uh, you know, nursery, you know, or something like that. What, what, what is this going to be? Oh man. I don't like world building, Patrick. I just like, I just like adventures. I don't know if his death is going to inspire like a new generation of fans to go back and look at that stuff because as great as it is, it's very, very niche. I mean, like Midnight Eye Goku is like a pioneering way ahead of its time, you know, cyberpunk anime and manga, kind of, I guess, just around the same time like William Gibson was kind of publishing the real cyberpunk, not like post Blade Runner.
Runner 2049 cyberpunk, but uh, there's some tough stuff in there. You know what I mean? There's like girls with like handlebars around their necks and stuff. Right, like right, 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 right. It's a little sexist. It's a little of its time. But then again, so is Barbarella. Then again, so are most old issues of Heavy Metal Magazine, which is right. kind of blows my mind because that's where this stuff would have appeared in the West, but instead in Japan, it appears in the kids' manga magazine. Yeah. Yes. And like there were all sorts of skeevy things showing up in in kids manga of that era, like Shonen Champion. This is before kind of there was a reevaluation of standards and things, you know, and now I for better and for worse, things have really calmed down in the manga world. But apparently sex and sexism is out, but violence is in, which is where you get things like, you know, Demon Slayer has these wacky, wacky, wacky stretches. And then suddenly somebody's like getting their head stomped on like, you know, Miria and, and, you know, Macross, do you remember love like blood splattering everywhere and then suddenly we're back in this kind of like ha 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 you know chuckling what a wacky scene so something's changed something's never do oh another thing about Terasawa is he was like a real pioneer in the field of using computers to create manga it seems like he did Takeru in 1992 which was the right. world's first computer graphic manga series and he also did like a really awesome series of like fully CGI Cobra books in the late 90s and they look great I have to say that was some of the best looking most advanced like computer made manga I had seen at that point like it still looks good today in 2008 they had like the 45th anniversary of Cobra and like I'm pretty sure there was like a bunch of stuff that was going on there I think the post office even issued like Cobra stamps or something it was it was crazy I don't know if these are official or not I've just seen them around online I think maybe they're just he made them as kind of fun I can't imagine these I can't imagine going to the post office and be like yeah can I get the one with the guy smoking the cigar with these like two chicks doing like hot squats next to him. I think these are actually legitimate though. This is this is pretty amazing. Why not send your snail mail with the power of Space Cobra? But it's just, you know, it's one of those kind of franchises that every otaku of a certain age knows, but it gets like almost no love abroad, especially from younger anime fans. And I don't want to turn this into a middle-aged old otaku, you know, grump session. But, you know, for all of the, the, the popularity that anime and manga have now, it's still really tough to get this back catalog stuff into English. I know the movie has been reissued like on Blu-ray and like 4K in the US along with the TV series. So it's out there if anyone wants to uh, pretend like it's 1984 and everything's groovy. Are you listening, Viz? Are you listening? You know, it's Shonen Jump. This is like, you know, that's that's a name brand. It's part of manga history now, Matt. Terasawa joins the ancestors of manga now, like Leiji Matsumoto and Osamu Tezuka and all those guys. He shuffled off this mortal coil. No, totally. And actually, I kind of think of him a little bit in the same vein as Matsumoto. Matsumoto Reiji was, of course, the much bigger name. I think he had the bigger impact, uh, you know, with the just speaking in terms of sheer popularity of his work. But, you know, uh, Terasawa was... I don't know if you want to call it, you kind of post, you know, uh, uh, Matsumoto and he kept that whole space opera tradition alive for, you know, much longer than the kind of pioneers did. And you just don't see that kind of thing anymore. I miss space operas. I miss, I guess, I guess your favorite series, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of a space opera. Isn't that true? <laughs> space adventure, Uchu Roman. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. I guess you could see if Star-Lord is like smoking a cigar and had like a laser gun for a right hand. It might be kind of similar to when that. When it hits that, I think it hits that sweet spot, you know, especially the first film, but whatever the case is, where's my, where's my space adventure Cobra reboot? I, I really, I really want it. Yeah. Where's 
Where's my live action Midnight Eye Goku? Yes, exactly. Can we get that like on Paramount Plus or Hulu or something like that? What is the deal with that? He has like a laser eye. Is that what the is that what his Midnight Eye is? That, that yeah, is. Yeah, he, like, he has like a computer controlled eye. He's basically like Son Goku from Sayuki. Right. It's like another right. play on that. It's like a cyberpunk version of Journey to the West. Kind of like Dragon Ball, but more interesting. But the one thing we know about space opera and space adventure is the only thing that really matters is merchandising, merchandising where the real money from the movie is made. George Lucas, is that you? So there were, when you're speaking of Space Cobra, there's the manga, and then there's a TV series, and then there's a theatrical movie, uh, as opposed to a non-theatrical movie. I don't know, whatever the case is, there was a theatrical movie. And who who was that directed by? Osamu Dezaki, who also directed the TV series. So it's oh, got man. fantastic animation, Tokyo Movie Shinsha. It's actually footage from the movie that's in the Matthew Sweet videos. That's why it's so sweet. Wait, Dezaki of Mighty Orbots fan? That's his you greatest work, is it not? It is. It is. No, but actually, when I think it, we'll get back to the merch in a second because we have to. But Osamu Dezaki to me will always, you know, be in my mind as the director of uh, Aim for the Ace, the the tennis manga, like the movie version of Aim for the Ace, which came out in like 1979. It is such an amazing, amazing, amazing film. Like you can see the groundwork being laid for like what anime was going to become in the in the 80s from that. Without that film, we wouldn't have Gunbuster, Aim for the Top, which is a hundred percent, like almost frame for frame parody of it. Oh, you mean Dezaki's best movie, Golgo 13, The Professional? Yes. Is that the one with like the first CG in it? Some of the first computer animation in Japan, yeah, on screen. That also plays like a very serious version of Space Adventure Koba with like no humor and no lightheartedness, just the sex and the violence. How can we forget to talk about merch? So Popey was the sponsor of uh, Space Cobra, Space Adventure Cobra. Popey of Chogokin fame, of Jumbo Machinder fame, of Popinika fame, uh, as I'm sure you know. And do you remember? I, I remember the toys very well. Do you? I remember there was the turtle, which the was kind of a spaceship. The Cobra Turtle, which could, it seemed like one of those like space shuttle Rubik Cube kind of things. Like yeah, it, never it really... turned into like a snake toy or something, you know? There were like some vehicles with Cobra and stuff like that, but I never really collected them. And I know there were some really goofy soft vinyl figures of Cobra. Yeah, there's like the Psycho Hand, which is like a vinyl figure of him where you can take the arm off. There's actually an action figure too, but um, the best one, I think there there is a, uh, it, what's it called? The Cyber Gun? What is his arm called again? Psycho Gun. Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung came up with the theory together of the Psycho Gun. It's a stage of development in adolescent males where they think their hand can shoot lasers. Well, good news, Patrick. Your hand can, well, it can't shoot lasers, but thanks to the Popey technology, they made a life-size Psycho Gun plastic arm that you could put over yours and shoot like eye-destroying missiles out of it at your friends. (laughs) So it's not quite the future, uh, but it's almost there. I remember they had an amazing uh, Space Cobra coin-op arcade video game where you slip on the psycho gun and you shoot at the screen and you have to fight Crystal Boy or Crystal Bowie or whatever and it was great. Does, does Crystal Bowie fight David Bowie? Who would win in that in that battle? There were also a bunch of like early those like LCD games and I think this links into the fact that Terasawa was so interested in in like computers and stuff. Those games aren't really good like it's Pope, you know, it's like it, it's kind of the equivalent of Nintendo's Game & Watch series. Like LCD games, yeah, very simple action. One is actually called Space Space Cobra Professional, which I like to think of myself as. The other one is called Psycho Gun, which is, I'm assuming, about the Psycho Gun. But yeah, this is all great stuff. His little vehicle, the toy the toy car that transforms into a robot, I don't know if that was ever actually in the show or it's just like kind of a toy, but that, that was released in the GoBot series a couple of years later. Oh, was that the Porsche? Yeah, it's like a space Porsche. It's it's like this oh, and it's weird- It's like black and red, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see Cobra sitting in the cockpit. It's cool. It's called the Psycho 
psycho psychoroid in in Japanese. <laughs> I sometimes I had I had a case of those, but the doctor cleared it up, so I'm okay now. But it's punitive; they make it hurt so you don't get them again, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> with, yeah, it's exactly with your with the psycho gun. Exactly. All these toys, I I would see them come into like Asian markets and stuff, and I actually probably knew more about Space Cobra's vehicles and associated, you know, uh, uh, accessories than I did about the series because of that. But yes. They were the best of days. They were just the best of days. I miss those days. The the when when anime like would just show up and you had no idea what it was and you had to kind of try to piece it together from ancillary merchandise. It truly was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So goodbye, Buchi Terasawa. It's the end of an era. Indeed. R.I.P. You will be missed, uh, but we will enjoy your works forever. And on that note, I want to close with the ending theme of the Cobra anime, Secret Desire. Yeah.